morning. It is time to get up with two of the most far-fetched, fabulous finishes you will see all season long. Holy smoke, what a night we had in the NBA. Meanwhile, our big fella knows the biggest concern for the Cowboys and why they cannot get it fixed, no matter how hard they try. Plus, why Eagles why? How the big change in Philly did not address the real problem this team has right now. All that and a whole lot more. Time to do this thing on a Wednesday. Starting to look a lot like Christmas. Look, it came up. I'm the only one festive. It's she tried to talk Jeff into doing it. What did you say? No chance. No chance. No chance. You look great with that. Jay Will is ready to go. The big fella Marcus Spears ready to talk some Cowboys. But we begin with one of the two fabulous finishes in the NBA last night. The return of John Morant. First game this season for Memphis. Taking on his old buddy Zion and the Pelicans. Ja and the Grizzlies down by 19 at the half, but they're coming back. I mean, just appointment TV, the spin, the finish over the top, shows you why he's one of the most electrifying players in the league. Speaking of electrifying, Zion only had 13. Oh, but he's got that one. You think between Zion and Brandon uh, Brandon Ingram that this team was loaded. They had a great run in the first half before Ja took over in the second. That's exactly what he did. Let's go to the fourth quarter. We're tied, and Ja unties it. I mean, look, it, this is just against one of the best defenders in the game of basketball on the ball, and Herb Jones doing whatever he wants whenever he wants. Yeah, it was still tied when Ja goes to the bucket here. So now Memphis has a two-point lead, but stay with the play. You mentioned Herb Jones. He's going to tie it again. So here we go. Here's your ball game. Seven seconds to play. All tied up in New Orleans. First game back for John Moran. Brian Anderson, TNT, take it. And the timer expires. Count the basket. And John Morant wins it for the Grizzlies. What a spectacular finish. John Moran in his first game back. 34 points and a buzzer beater to win it on the road. He would add eight assists and six rebounds. I'll mention again, they were down 19 at the half, and back they came. Jay Will, you were up watching last night. What is your number one reaction to what John Morant did? That even after missing 25 games, there's still a legitimate face for, the chance for him to be the face of the NBA. And I'm talking about with the likes of LeBron James, Steph Curry, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Luka. He is appointment TV. Greeny, I watch so much basketball. Every single possession, even on his missed highlights, I challenge you, go watch his missed shots. His missed shots are highlights within itself. There's a reason why he's one of the most entertaining players in the history of the game of basketball. Yeah, you and I talked about it yesterday, that we are a forgiving public. Here's, here's the game-winning shot here from John Moran. And we're not even going to talk about this defensively. First off, like, they didn't even send a double team at him, okay? The last three possessions, he went into ISO. He got a chance to do it. And I don't know if they're just challenging his conditioning or whatever, but he wasn't shooting jump shots. He's attacking the rim, and he finishes at the rim in spectacular manner. Like, that's what he does, right? He goes to the basket, and he, he, as, be, as well as any player his size maybe in the history of the game. But let's go to the bigger picture here because, look, clearly this is a controversial topic on so many levels. The lengthy suspension, he comes back. Yeah. There are a lot of people who are going to maintain any number of different feelings about the way it has been handled and the way he has handled it all. What you and I discussed on the radio yesterday was, for those of us, myself included, who feel that the suspension was warranted and feel that this yes. was handled appropriately, 
that there is every opportunity for him to grow and learn from this. He is such a young man still that if he shows legitimate contrition and understanding of the issue here, that there is still plenty of chance for him being as spectacular as any player the league has seen in a long time to become one of the faces of the sport. And Greeny, you talk about contrition. How about the fact, and let's just reward this for a second, because think about how difficult this is, and a lot of people will put their own foot in their mouth. For 25 games, you didn't hear anything from John Morant. He kept his head down. You he heard in the post-press conference, I worked hard. I was ready for this moment. I, I think just the way he's treating it, the level of respect. And you know, we remember winners. All right, there's seven and a half games out of the 10th spot right now. Uh, that whole narrative a couple years ago that they're a better team without John Morant, just you can lose me with all that. He is one of the best players in the league. He is top 10, and he still has a legit chance to be that guy for the entire NBA if he continues to play at this level. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. I agree with you. There was no one more exciting to watch, which is why so many of us were so disappointed with the direction that this all started to take. But huge first step back, right? A a very good – you said it right. The first month and a half or whatever it's been here, he's – Kept his head down, done his work. Now we'll see how it goes from here. And, and look, I, I, this is a, has a chance to be a great redemption story. I yeah. think everybody in the game of basketball wants John Morant to win, to talk to you about what he's learned, the level of maturity it takes with becoming a star, learning how to trust others around you with security and things of those details that kind of take yourself out of harm's way. If he gets that greeny, I think you have a chance to look at the 2023 version of Allen Iverson. Like, and, and a, an upgraded version of that. Yep. AI was one of the most electrifying and one players the game of basketball has ever seen. He, to me, feels like the next iteration of that for the culture. Totally agree. I mean, the, the, the similarities there in their games are obvious, and there's never been any question about his game. All right, stay close, because we had another unbelievable finish in the NBA last night that we will get to. But first, let's go to the NFL and free-falling Philly. Three weeks ago, the Eagles were 10-1, and one, riding high. Then the 49ers came into the link and flat-out dominated. 42-19 was the final score. The highlight of this game, Big Dom, and the fight that he picked, he put up as much fight as his team did. The Eagles then went to Dallas and on a huge stage lost big again, 33-13. The offense did not score a single touchdown and fumbled three times. Then, of course, on Monday night, favored to win at Seattle, allowed 17 second-half points, blew a seven-point fourth-quarter lead, lost again. So the folks in Philly, not happy. But one fella in Dallas is over the moon. What did you think of that Seattle ending last night on Monday Night Football? It's marvelous. I watched <laughs> every bit of it. I was uh, thought I was about to doze. And then when they made those two exciting plays at the end, I couldn't sleep till four this morning because of the impact that it can have on our year and our season. So the impact is actually relative. At this moment, the Cowboys are in first place in the division. However, should the Eagles win out, the Eagles overwhelmingly likely, I won't go into all the different scenarios, but... For all intents and purposes, if the Eagles win out, they win the NFC East despite the fact that they are currently listed as a wild card. The one thing standing between the Eagles and the division is Tommy DeVito. Two games against the Giants and one against Arizona. So as we look at this and we welcome the big fella Swagoo into the conversation as well, as as we dive into the Eagles of it all, Mm -hmm. the the surprise that we have seen these last three weeks and the questions they have raised, what is the number one thought that jumps to mind? It is hard to recreate the magic that you have during your Super Bowl runs. Like, that's just that. Now, try to take me seriously with this ridiculous hat on. But in all seriousness, it is hard to do that. And when you have success, teams lose players, 
they lose coaches. Yep. And what we were seeing, a lot of people thought, oh, well, the Eagles, they'll, they'll keep on rolling, even though they lost two coordinators. That we've seen this point, looking at the offense, the way they have been struggling to score points in the last three games, and also defensively, their struggles in stopping the passing game of other teams. They are they're struggling to recapture what we saw last year, the dominance yep. on offense and defense. And that's a real thing. Absolutely. Listen, after you go to the Super Bowl, you're going to get cherry-picked. That's just the reality of the NFL, right? They cherry-pick your coaches. They cherry-pick players. Guys will get new deals on other teams. That's the way it looks. Their biggest loss was Shane Steichen. He's now the head coach in Indianapolis and has done a fantastic job. And if you look at the numbers, they present the best case, right? In 2022, eight, eight explosive plays a game, 22 touchdowns, first in the league. Then you flip it over to this year with Johnson's OC, six plays a game. Uh, so you're 50% reduction yep. in touchdowns. And what we have talked about, and Himbo and I talk about this all the time, explosive plays matter in the NFL. And when you go from first and all those touchdowns mm -hmm. to not being that, at the end of last year, all the fourth quarters, they were running the ball to secure leads. That meant mm -hmm. the deep, defense could play fast. They could do all those things. Games are tighter. They're having to play tighter ball games, and it has shown up in a big way. And so I think you're making an important point there. We'll get Swagoo up for you in a minute here, having a, a minor technical issue with him. But there's been so much talk about the Eagles' defense. Yeah. And, and look, granted, they acknowledged it was a problem. They made a coordinator sure. change last week. But the reality is in these three games they've lost, they haven't scored 20 points in any of them. I think the, the struggles of their offense have been somewhat overlooked Absolutely. based upon the struggles of the defense. You're 100% you're correct. And I, I'll tell you something else. You, you get a shot, go back and watch. Dan Orlowski did a great take on RPOs in the NFL. And the Colts, the, the Dolphins, and the 49ers are the three teams they've had five games. The Colts have had five games with 200 yards passing and 150 yards rushing in five games. That was the production Philly had last year. Mm. So if you can imagine every game you walked in, you're going to throw for 200, you're going to yeah. run for a buck 50. The control, it's not even about like time of possession, it's just the control and the command of the game. And what, what they have lost in Philly, now not only does it affect your scoring, but it affects how much your defense has to produce. And when they were producing on third down, they are no longer doing that because, again, fatigue, all those things kick in. Yeah. I'm told we do have Swagoo ready where to go. So let's get in here, big fella. We're talking about the Eagles. Obviously, you guys were there on Monday night in Seattle to see it up close and personal. As we figure out, if you're running the Eagles right now, if you're Nick Sirianni, are you more concerned about your offense or your defense as you go down this final three-game stretch? I'm more concerned about my defense, G. And I, I listen to Kate Mart and, and Jeff, and they are absolutely right about the loss of some, uh, Shane Steichen. But you think about uh, Philly. They still were in position to win that game. But they've been giving up explosive yeah. play after explosive play week in and week out. And as a defense, you want to limit teams on explosive plays to two per game, right? Which is very difficult in today's NFL. But now it's more about when you give those plays up. And obviously we saw the touchdown to Jackson Smith and Jigma at the end of the game. We saw the plays made by DK Metcalf during that drive. But the thing that concerned me more than anything is the non-aggressive nature in which they play defense. And to Jeff's point with Shane Steichen, a lot of times you were playing for a head. Remember we came on this show all last year and mm -hmm. talked about this vaunted Eagles pass rush and mm -hmm. how they were able to get after the quarterback on a historic pace? 
Well, you can't do that when you don't have two touchdown leads. You can't do that when you don't dominate the ball for a large majority of the time. And now they're having to play straight up defense with different players. The linebacker issue has been been a real issue. The middle of the field has been a real issue for this football team as well. But giving up explosive plays at very inopportune times and, and, and seeing them in this kind of we, we just want to hold the fort down and see what Jalen and the offense can do. It's That's a right. bad situation for the Philadelphia Eagles because everybody got to go see that monster in San mm. Francisco. Yeah. And that monster, you better bring your offense and your defense, and you yeah. better be playing the style of football that you can be dictating things as opposed yeah. to sitting back and waiting. Yeah, one thing, Swagger, that he, you just brought up that I love, the, the, the play that Metcalf made on the third and ten – like, that sums up the Eagles' team, defense for the season, right? It's third and ten. You, 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 listen, you can give up a field goal. It really doesn't matter, right? Like, like let them push the ball. But, and one of the catches, DK Metcalf, it's a miracle catch, right? It's a mm-hmm. But the third and ten, he drops it in between, you know, over Bradbury. This one right here, this play. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a, you can't have it. Don't ever let the, he can't get over the top of you if you're Bradbury. Like, give up whatever's underneath. Make him go on a fourth and whatever. That's the issue. And you keep, it keeps showing up for the Eagles. That's the inopportune time the Super Swag is talking about. Last year, they were, they, they were, dead, right now they're dead last in third down defense. That's insane. And, and they gave up three points, 90 yards in the first half against Seattle. And then the second half, they're outscored 17 to 7. 17 like, points. And that's so right. changing the, the coordinator didn't, make much of a difference but to be fair to the defense if Bradbury doesn't try to get overly aggressive on that Jackson Smith and Jigba um, uh, play at the end the game right. the game might be can't different give up, can't, can't get behind you right like right. Like, I mean, like there's certain situations in football there. you know it can't happen lots of questions at the top of the NFC East we'll answer them as we go along in the meantime the cowboy catastrophe in Buffalo is the next one can Dallas prevent another disaster against the Dolphins this weekend Swagoo's got thoughts plus trade rumors swirling in Chicago for months should the Bears trade Justin Fields or should they trade the first pick in the draft We have a definitive answer next. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. 
Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It was everybody's favorite viral moment of the NFL weekend. It was Darnell Mooney almost making this catch. No, it was Kmart's reaction on the sideline. <laughs> I never saw that. That is unreal. Look at Kimberly. Kmart, the look of shock. Yeah. Because the Bears almost won. On her face. Were you filming it too? Were you trying to, and then just the shock and awe of it, I think, you know, I stopped rolling. And so, because <laughs> our producer, Julian Goldstick, can take anything and turn it into a segment, I now introduce our brand new segment, Kmart, Would You Be Shocked If? <laughs> so, I hate it. Here's my first question. Kmart, would you be shocked if the 49ers don't get to the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, I would be shocked. Uh, listen, the 49ers, they are the monsters, basically, of, of the NFL right now. For them not to be in the Super Bowl, they were one of my preseason picks to make Super Bowl, I'd actually be shocked because of how dominant they've been playing. Injuries, I think, will be the only thing that stops this. Swagoo is the NFC postseason, the San Francisco Invitational, as simple as that. Yeah, football too complicated for me to say that, G. They are obviously the best team. It's just so many variables by the time you get to that game that I can't go there yet. Because mm. if the best team was going to win it every year in the NFC, I think the San Francisco 49ers would have a few by now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously the injury problems they had last year in Philadelphia. Jeff, the, the, the smart bet generally when someone says anything or the field is the field. Yeah. But let me put it in that perspective. If I gave you 49ers or the field in the NFC, which way would you go? Niners. Yeah. Yeah, listen, they, they, are, they are a team that, that, I mean, listen, they play together. The, the, the way they hustle, the way they block for each other down the field. Like, it's not just the X's and O's, y'all. It is the effort these guys. And listen, when they go play the big games, they go with some nastiness. When they play the Eagles, they go for there's there's statement games for these guys. Mm -hmm. They're not they're not overlooking them. They're going to step on somebody's throat. They have that attitude. I'm, I'm taking Niners over the field right now. All right. Let me go to the next one here, Kmart. Put that face back up. I need to see I need to see the Kmart shocked face again. Would you be my favorite thing about the segment? Kmart, would you be shocked? If the Bears, for the second consecutive season, mm -hmm. trade away. There it <laughs> Thank is. Thank you. Would you be shocked yes. if for the second consecutive season the Bears trade that. away the first pick in the draft? How do I recreate that face? I just feel like, yeah, I would be shocked. Um, you know why? Because as much as I feel like the Bears should keep him, it's not about what I think. Talking to salary cap experts, NFL GMs, and NFL execs, they all say, 
Are you kidding? They have to get rid of Justin because it resets the, the whole landscape with a rookie contract. And Caleb Williams, uh, Caleb Williams, everybody thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread right now. So I'd be shocked if they held on to him. Yeah, so I, do, I haven't heard from you on this in a while. I mean, Part of it, I guess, is is your evaluation of Caleb Williams. And I think that by the time we get to the draft, people will be talking about him as a generational prospect. Is there any way you could see the Bears trading away that pick for the second straight year? Gee, only if it's a financial thing and you don't want to um, you don't want to pay Justin Fields that 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 contract that is due from somebody. Somebody's going to pay him. But Jeff Saturday actually brought me around on this. We had this conversation a few weeks ago, and I was like, yeah, you move off of Justin Fields. But when you look at the way he's played down the stretch, you think that if you surround him with another really good player on the outside and you potentially have a chance at Marvin Harrison Jr. with DJ Moore, this offense can be high-powered and prolific. And we know the type of athleticism that you need in this league now if you want to be special offensively so I could very well see them keeping Justin Fields and going another direction um, uh, offensively and using some of that draft capital what do you think Jeff yeah I'm a hundred percent keep Justin Fields and listen everybody's like you got to do it no you don't got to do it you're gonna do anything they can they can they can give this fifth year option they got two years to watch what Justin Fields. there'll be another generational talent y'all I'm just letting you know I've seen a bunch of them generational whatever there'll be another one coming around it's like a business deal on a bus it's always coming around the corner so just wait bide your time go get Marvin Harrison Jr. go get four or five first round picks and second round picks build this team because guess what when you have two dudes like that with Moore and Martin Harrison uh, Jr. on the outside. Come on, man. Then we'll go find the guy who can go just complete passes. Right, let me do one more here. Kmart, would you be shocked mm-hmm. if the Buffalo Bills <laughs> <laughs> wind up in the Super Bowl? Uh, not shocked. Honestly, what? Listen, we, listen, we have talked about Josh Allen being a phenomenal quarterback, one of the best in the NFL. This team is playing right now. They Every week, it is playoff football for them right now, and this is what they needed to oh. be doing. Now, they, trust me, nobody wants to see Josh Allen, Jeff. They agree. If they make it into the playoffs, which I think they will, they've galvanized around the head coach. They've literally, we got James Cook sightings all over the place, finally. And Josh Allen, he, this looks like a different team. Yeah. So, no, if they get in, they are very scary. And their path in is a lot easier than people are making What's it the seem. Problem, Jeff Why are you reading me in the face? If they get in, we're about to hear Greeny and his genius. <laughs> it is gonna, it is gonna grate your nerves and for, my nerves it, it for another Greeny, month. Of, I know, because Greeny, because he like loves he's to take flyers. Oh, but he took Josh a flyer. He took a flyer. He we was like, oh. all know Josh Allen is the greatest. So we're just gonna have to. He's gonna get in the playoffs. Uh, I we're can't do it. To Greeny, I can't do bring it. Bring out the Josh Allen jersey. Josh Allen jersey. Come on. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. get in here. Hold on one second. Yeah. This. This. Did Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes fall off the face of the earth? There we. When we start talking about winning the the AFC, see, see, this is this is Dan Orlovsky and Mike Greenberg's darling. They they have they feel for them. This is personal for them with the Buffalo Bills. We act like the quarterback that's been to the damn Super Bowl the last five damn years almost ain't going to be in the playoffs already, and we act like Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens ain't the best team in the AFC right now. Josh Allen is phenomenal. We always talk about that. There's trust issues when it comes to me and Josh Allen in those particular games. We will see what happens. They are very dangerous. They are a good football team. And Joe Brady is the best thing that's happened to him 
because the man only threw 15 passes and they bludgeoned the Cowboys. <laughs> Agree with you, Swagoo, but you just said if the best team would win the Super Bowl, the 49ers would have a ton of Super Bowls. It's not always the best team. It's about when you get hot, all that. I have the Ravens in the Super Bowl. I have the Ravens yeah, winning the Super Bowl, but that doesn't mean that the, that the Buffalo Bills aren't. All right, hold this thought. I'm, I'm up against the bottom of the hour. Market. Hold it there. I'm coming back. I promise coming I'm back coming back, back to it. Too. <laughs> I have to go to a break. We're getting late. But as we continue in a moment, big fella, I'm coming back to you for this. Because Marcus knows the biggest concern for the Cowboys and why they can't get it fixed, no matter how hard they try. That's next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Back on Get Up, bottom of the hour. Three weeks remain in the NFL season, so we've got three big questions that we need answered. Jeff, what is your big question the rest of the regular season? Can the Bills win out? Listen, this team would be five in, you know, five-game win streak, a hot team. I mean, I'm listen. I love Bill's Mafia. I love this team. It, it would no, hurt you don't. me and Not pain as much. Me because of Greeny. But other than that, <laughs> I think this team is charging into the playoffs. I think they're going to close it out with three final games. So why is it that when Kmart and I just said exactly this, you yelled at us? Well, I just said because I'm going to have to listen to you. Not, yeah. not because I don't want it to happen. I want it to happen. It makes better football. But you, you. Yeah, it's just a lot. It's like you. A, oh, it's you. Kmart, what is your big question? Greeny, I just want to know if the Dolphins and Cowboys, who's going to beat a good team? Together, I think they're 1-6 against teams that are above 500. These are two teams that can win the Super Bowl, but they still have to answer this question. What, Jeffrey, what? What if they tie? <laughs> oh, <laughs> my word. What, what if they word. tie? Don't put that in the atmosphere. Don't do it. I was Somebody about to ask. <laughs> One of them has to do it this weekend, but as Jeff says, maybe not. Swagger, what is your big question down the stretch? Is this just the same old Cowboys that we've come in and watched win 12 games two seasons back-to-back and end up in the playoffs and down the stretch and not ready to get it done and not be playing at your top level? We've seen this team have a tremendous amount of success. The question for me before the season was about the moments. Well, all of the moments are here leading into the playoffs, and when you get into the playoffs, the first test was failed miserably in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So, so let me ask, I'm so glad, Marcus, to have you here. I've been waiting all week to ask you this question. I've got people saying to me, oh, Greeny, it's about the road. They can't win on the road. They can't play on the road. They can't do this. They can't do that. To me, that game on Sunday could have been played on Jupiter, and it wouldn't have made any difference. If you're going to get beat 
up. If you're going to get bludgeoned at the point of attack the way they did against San Francisco and then the way they did on Sunday against Buffalo, I don't care where you play. And to me, Swagoo, I don't know that you have to tell me if that's fixable. Because if teams can just run it down their throat, if, if the Cowboys don't get up 14-0 when a game begins and teams can just run it down their throat, do the Cowboys have an answer? Gee, they don't have an answer. Um, and and the, the reason I say they don't have an answer because the three road games that we've seen that they've lost, they've been bludgeoned. This goes back to the Arizona Cardinals. Why don't yep. you have this fixed by now? Like when I said the Dallas Cowboys got an issue stopping the run, right? And everybody gets on me and Jeff for talking about the line of scrimmage because we all want to talk about quarterbacks and dudes on the outside. But once people find out that they can do this to you, this is what's going to happen. And when you look at Dallas personnel, when you look at how they're built, they're not built to play this for four quarters of a football game. They've been fortunate that this offense, which they have to do regardless of who you're playing, has put them in situations that's advantageous to who they are personnel-wise defensively, but also mentality-wise. But the Buffalo Bills and Joe Brady said, yo, we don't care. We don't care about all we don't care about the stars on your side of the ball. We don't care that you're coming off a win against Philadelphia. The tape that we've watched this season, the yep. times you haven't had success, people decided to make it a brawl and you have not responded. That's exactly what has happened to the Cowboys in the playoffs as well. So we shall see, but to me, that Buffalo game looked like the same old Dallas Cowboys with the same kryptonite of not being physical enough and the right mentality to win the Super Bowl. I think that's exactly right. And, Jeff, the comparison that gets made here often, candidly, by me, is, is your old Indianapolis team, yeah. which is you were built because you had this you had the great quarterback and you had the great offense, and then you had the two pass rushers, right, Freeney right. and Mathis, and they're going to let Ten them lose back. the whole game. But if that game is tied or, God help us, we're losing in the third quarter, yeah. all of a sudden that strength becomes a weakness. You, you tell me because this is something you lived for a decade. Yeah, I, w- I will tell you, in the year that we won the Super Bowl and went to the Super Bowl and ended up losing to the Saints, what ends up happening is you have to create by scheme from a defense to be able to bull yourself up against the run. So whether it's a run stunt, whether it's blitz, you know, run heavy blitz packages, whatever that kind of stuff can be, they're going to have to find a way because the answer for them, even in Buffalo when they put eight men in the box, there was a 50% success rate with, with a lot of guys in the box. And so now they're going to go face this Miami Dolphin team who, by the way, I'm pretty sure Mike McDaniel was in San Francisco and controlled the run game there for many mm-hmm. years. So don't think it's going to look different. Mm-hmm. So yep. Dallas is going to have to answer to, to Swagoo's point. Can we line up, play physical, and obviously Hankins not being there matters, but at some point it has to be a mentality that really changes for this football squad. And that's the thing with this. Yeah. Sorry, Swagoo. This oh, is, ahead, this is the I'm thing sorry. with the Cowboys. It's a mentality. When we talked about the 49ers earlier, they want to play bully ball. On offense, they want to bring smoke to you. And that's sort of the difference. I don't think the Cowboys are dead in the water. I don't think they are too talented a roster. I think the answers are in their locker room. But they just see against good teams. I don't know what it on the road. I don't know what's going to change for them. I really don't. Final word, Marcus. Put a ribbon on it for me. Uh, This is never – look, I get very leery about when people call teams soft, right? Like, I played in the NFL. When you play in the National Football League and you actually play, you ain't soft. That can't be a part of your makeup. The schematic build of the Dallas Cowboys is more of my concern. And Jeff knows this. Like, when you look at the way that they play defense, the personnel that they put on the field, it's not built to stop the run. 
Right. And smart offensive coordinators know that. They mm-hmm. know that you can put Dallas in a bind by how they look on the field. So that issue, I don't know if you fix that before you get to the Super Bowl, whether that's add more players or whatever. But it's a concern for real, for real. 100%. Listen, it's not about being soft. It's about everything has strengths and weaknesses. This is not their strength. No. And if it yes. becomes, if you can exploit it, it becomes a significant let, let, weakness. Let me Real say quick. this. Real if quick. you look at last year, the Eagles had a problem in the internal part. They ended up signing two guys off the street yeah. that made significant contributions. Sure the did. Cowboys could still do the same. Go get some run dogs. Put them in the middle and let them, and let them play. I'm telling you, it makes a difference when you control the inside part of that pocket. Okay, we'll talk much more about this and the rest of you NFL in a moment. But I promised you another unbelievable finish in the NBA. And here it comes. Steph Curry and the Warriors have taken on the Celtics. What a game this was, Jay Will. Pick it up in the fourth quarter. Steph was magical. Well, Steph has to be heroic. No Draymond Green on this team. And he just did it down the stretch by himself. Look at him knocking down threes left and right. This is going to take it to the final seconds here. Jason Tatum, this is for the three and the win at the buzzer, and it's no good. And so we're going to overtime between these two teams who matched up in the finals two years ago. 45 seconds left in the OT. Warriors up by a deuce, and here's Steph again. Steph right off a dribble handoff, finds a way. What a power dribble. Also in this game, Klay Thompson had 24 points, but it came down to what Steph could do off a pass from CP3 down the stretch. Absolutely. Here's Al Horford knocking down a three to make this a one-point game, but here's that bucket. Warriors down by one. Steph no good, but here's that rebound and the dagger. And look at the relocation. Look at Steph in the corner. His hands are ready the entire time. CP3 finds him. Splash. Game over. Steph Curry, 33 points. Six of 11 from three. And the Warriors win it in overtime. A nice win there after all that they've gone through with all of the the Draymond Green stuff and everything else and trying to figure out and the one thing you cannot overlook is the Warriors climb within a game of 500. Steph Curry is still, at his age and with everything he's accomplished, he is playing at an MVP caliber level. Well, first off, how do you lose 30? Like, down the stretch when CP3 gets the ball in overtime, I know Derek White had a great offensive game, but you can't lose 30. He's the one guy that you have to stay attached to. But, Greeny, talk about the level of his greatness. I, I, I said it when they won a championship two years ago that he is top 10 greatest of all time right now. Now, he has not cracked the top five for me, but he is top 10 right now. What were you saying, Shaq? I didn't, I didn't say that enough to say he it. is in the conversation for greatest of all time. And for me, he is not in that conversation. That does not diminish his greatness. He's top 10. The only three guys in that conversation, or maybe if you want to say four before we start to reach, are Shaquille, uh, I'm sorry, are LeBron James, Michael Jordan, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. If you want to put Kobe in that conversation, okay, because they've affected the game in a variety of different ways, and they're all great defensive players. I, I think that longevity is one of the pieces of this conversation, and it is going to be, I think, the number one item on LeBron James' resume Agreed. when he's all said and done. No one in history has played at the level he's playing right now at the age he's playing. And I think the point needs to be underlined again. This guy's not slowing down. No. I'm not sure what his team can do around him, but he is not slowing down. Well, he's playing at an MVP level. And by the way, with no Draymond Green on the court, with Andrew Wiggins not playing his best basketball, you saw Klay Thompson have 24 last night. But he needs to be at an MVP level to keep his team in the hunt for a play-in spot. Right? Well, let me run through a couple other things from the NBA last night. We showed you John Morant with the buzzer beater uh, that gave the Grizzlies a thrilling win last night in his first game back. John Morant looked 
looks like he is in midseason form. I, I am rooting for Ja Morant, the person, just as much as I'm rooting for Ja Morant, the player. He is a superstar in this league. I said it before, it's a chance to be the face of the NBA. And it's how he's handling things off the, off the court that will ultimately determine his success on the court. Meanwhile, last night, Giannis, a triple-double. Damian Lillard scored 40. Are the Bucks the best team in the Eastern Conference? It's between the Bucks and the Boston Celtics. I, I would say that down the stretch, I think the Celtics have more weapons. If Kristaps Porzingis can come back and play at a high level, but I worry about him being injury prone. One more. KD had 40, but the Suns lost to the Trailblazers. Is this lost is this the Phoenix worst team in the Western Conference? Is it not going to work? Is I mean, it not going to happen? It, it, it makes you wonder with the two teams that KD has been on, with James Harden and Kyrie Irving, and now with Bradley Bill and Devin Booker. Will they be healthy when it matters the most? And Bradley Bill out for two weeks with a sprained ankle. It seems like a theme has been following KD for the last two teams. He just can't quite get it right. Can't He's play been him. right there, but nobody else has been healthy. He's playing great. But this big three or whatever you want to call them, they don't look ready for prime time. Meanwhile, you will see Steph and the Warriors taking on the Wizards on Friday night. Coverage starts 10 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app as we head into a huge uh, sports weekend. And as we continue, it is a mess. In Pittsburgh, it might have gotten even worse. Jeff is fired up about something one Steeler said yesterday, and you're going to hear it coming up. Plus, who's hungry? Jeff Saturday has another heaping helping of hot cakes as we return. We're rolling along. It's Get Up <laughs> on ESPN. We're back on Get Up, and our next stop is Pittsburgh, where George Pickens has become a huge topic of conversation. That play, a big part of it. You see, he had the opportunity, it would appear, to block for his teammate Jalen Warren on what could have been a touchdown run. Instead, clearly seems to let up on the play. And in fact, he explained afterwards why he did so. He said, quote, I was just trying to prevent the Tank Dell situation, the same thing that happened to him. I ain't want to get an injury. When you stay on the block too low, you can get run up on very easily. So that's what he said. Uh, that is, the, the, we use the term business decision in the NFL, and, and that certainly seems to be one. Uh, Jeff, I know Uh-oh. you've got Uh-oh. a reaction. Yeah, l- l- listen, this, this is ridiculous, right? And, and I'm, I'm going to say this, and this is not um, – I, I remember Heinz Ward, right? Yeah. Like, so when I was playing Heinz Ward, like, like – these were some freaking dudes, man, who would come in and they would compete and they would give everything they got. And then I'm watching tape on the San Francisco 49ers and you got Jawan Jennings who's blocking his tail off. You got Kittle, you got Ayuk, you got Debo Samuel leading. And we got a guy who's blocking out of the numbers talking about the injury. By the way, Dell was inside mm-hmm. going on an inside block and blocking through a dude. I, I like He's just this, standing the, there. Yeah, just you just you're there. just watching, man. Like you're watching. Like put your hands on the guy. Go run your feet. And by the way, to prevent injury, you run your feet, right? You keep running your feet, keep running your feet, and you can feel as people get close to you when to move off a block. Because I understand guys not wanting to get injured, but this was not that case. And that's my biggest issue is that when 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 you know Roethlisberger had these comments the other other day about the Steelers from an offensive perspective. And I, you don't know, I don't know who says it, but I do know this. Somebody as a player needs to go up to him as another player side by side and go, hey, man, this ain't how we operate, right? Like, this is not how we operate as an offense. We have enough problems. We fired offensive coordinators. We've done all these kinds of things. It's just disappointing because when you've seen this dude block, 
He freaking blows dudes off the ball. He could take that dude and drive him through the end zone. Like, I've literally seen him knock dudes back six and seven yards. This is not a guy who can't do what, what you've seen. He throws dudes at the club. Yeah. Like, literally, I've had him on pancakes, and then that's what, you know, on the sat him down, and then I see that, it's just disappointing. Marcus, uh, obviously you have a reaction. Go ahead. Man, listening to Jeff talk about this, there is this overall narrative right now with players in the NFL, because I know a lot of them and I talk to a lot of them, that the media creates stuff, right? Like that, that they have their own voices. They can do whatever they want to do and the media creates stuff. You know how bad this is for a football mm-hmm. player? Right. You know how bad the tape is literally our resume. Like, and I get it that we are, me and Jeff are long out of the NFL. We are not players anymore. We understand that this is a different generation and we were a different generation of players that played before us. We did things differently that they probably didn't like, but not this. Exactly. Not that. That that is no. a standard in the NFL. That's a yeah. standard That's for you to be a football player. That's one-on-one. That, you learn that in peewee football. And not to mention, okay, I, I get it. Like, the human side of George Pickens is like, I saw a receiver get his legs ran up on, and he, I don't want to get hurt. Bro, you done seen receivers get hurt running routes. You done mm-hmm. seen them get hurt catching the ball over the middle. You've seen them diving in the end zone trying to stretch out to get a, a touchdown and get injured. We've seen players get injured all kind of ways. So what are you going to do the next time you feel like you in a position to get hurt? What, like, that is the point. The point is 10 other guys are relying on you to do a job. That's, That's why right. this is the greatest professional sport that we have. Because you have to get a collection of players on the same page, everybody doing their individual job in order for... Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, we'll, we'll get back. This is, this is important. Let's stay with this, Stick. We'll, we'll find another place for pancakes. I think this is an important topic. Let, Go let, ahead. Let me say this, too. When you, when you decide to do something that way, you're putting the guy you're blocking for in jeopardy. You don't think that guy coming off, thinking that he's picked up, that it's one-on-one and you're blocking him, all of a sudden screams inside, and now that running back whose eyes go inside because he sees your color and thinks you got a picked-up block, yeah. and now 40 Jay- can come off and freaking tag off on you, you're not putting that guy in jeopardy? Jalen's thinking like, end zone. Like, Jaylen's come thinking. on, man. Yeah. Like, it ain't just about one. It's about all 11 doing the exact same thing together, and that's what you trust, and that's how you build trust. And here's the, here's the, the frustrating thing about Pittsburgh because George Pickens is not the only guy making business decisions in that locker room. I repeatedly talk to players and people in that building and they always say Mike T is the man. He is not the problem. Amen. But when what but the uh, but the you saw Deontay John like it, you see not doing a thing not doing a single thing and we talk about guys going across the middle when you don't want to get hit, when you don't want to put your body, that's, that's football, unfortunately. And no, you don't want to see guys get hurt. But conversations that I've had, words like immaturity, ego, selfish, like that's a problem. And how guys are acting, how they are playing will cost people their jobs. And that is the frustrating thing when you watch this Steelers team. I have the Mike Tomlin sound as we're going to get Marcus back here in a second. But, Cindy, let me know when you have it ready because Mike Tomlin was asked about this in the midst of all of this conversation about Tomlin and where this team is and his future. This came up yesterday. Here's what he said. 
Mike, last week you said that George's frustrations were productive and that's something you wanted to change. You had a conversation with him. How did you feel like he responded in the game on Saturday? I thought he was better, but still has obviously room for continued improvement. Mike, there was a player, Jenny Warren, was rushing down to the goal line and George Pickens wasn't finishing a block there. Is there is there a, a discipline or an effort that you that you have to get more out of him and other That's That's one of the examples that I'm talking about in terms of still obvious room for improvement. And Pickens made a point to say the criticism he's receiving, it's created by the media. Mike Tomlin is not in the media. He's the head coach. This is not, you're putting it on film. This is not anybody saying, criticizing you because we don't think you're a great player. In fact, we know you're a great player. You are talented. But everybody else, like you're saying, to your point, 10 other guys are trying to do their thing. You need to do yours. Oh, we got Marcus back. So go ahead, big fella, pick it up. We lost your signal. Oh, we don't have him yet. I'm so sorry. Uh, we will have him back in a moment. So anyway, look, the bottom line of it is this. People will look at it and they will say of the coach, because this came up when Rex was here the other day, and they will say, if this is repeatedly happening on the mm -hmm. team, that speaks to the coach. It says something about the coach, about whether you're either coaching it or you're allowing it or whatever the, the, the standard cliches are. How does this yeah, reflect? You, you have a roster of 53 guys that you picked before the season, and you can make some adjustments through that through the season. The reality is if he wants to make adjustments, it will have to be after the season. They have, they have receivers. They have to run on the field. They got to play them. That, you, you can't do anything about it right now, right? But to think that this is Tomlin allowing this, this is not him allowing it. This is him being forced to deal with it until, until a better time. Comes. You actually made a point in our meeting this morning that is just coming back to me where you said people who think that the coaches establish a culture oh. of that sort of thing have it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I played for Tony Dungy, who's in the Hall of Fame. I played for Jim Caldwell. I played for Jim Moore. I played for, for Mike McCoy. Coaches do not set culture. I mean, like, the, the idea, they, they set a structure in place for coaches, for the system, for the schemes, for all those things. Your culture is created in your locker room. And that's why people always talk about what is the locker room really like. Peyton Manning set culture in the Colts' locker room. Tom Brady set culture in Tampa's locker room, in New England's locker room. Peyton in Denver. When you see what guys, Drew Brees set that, they set it. And then there are other guys in that locker room that hold it to a different level or a different level of accountability. And you can call guys to the carpet of, hey, this is not accepted. And when you, when you bring some from the, someone from the outside in, they either get involved and buy into the culture or you get them and move them out because they just don't want to be a part of your team. That's that was Tony that was Tony Dungy's mantra, right? Like I don't dislike you, you're just not a cult, you're not made for us. And I think when people go, hey, it's the coach. The coach ain't out there, y'all. Like, they, I, I hate to break your heart. Coach ain't buckling up. He ain't walking between them white lines. He's trying to give you the best plays. But execution and, and culture is designed by players. But there's a leadership void on offense. Facts. That's the problem in Pittsburgh. Defense, they're set. When you got Michael uh, Minka Fitzpatrick talking about guys need to be accountable, they need to do your job, on offense, that's missing. I, I, I keep reminding you, they're still 7-7. Seven and seven. They still have yeah, a man. chance Absolutely. to turn this thing around in the last three weeks. We'll see if they can. In the meantime, another team that is struggling in an entirely different way. Why, Eagles, why? The big change in Philly did not address the real problem this team has right now. We'll tell you what that is next. 